the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I guess my neighbors will be out there with their coverings, right? little plastic coverings. What coverings? You know, to cover their plants in oh, the garden. That's that doesn't work. It doesn't? Well, I've tried to do it, and it never seems to work right. Like, I've put sheets over my azaleas. Sheets? Uh-huh. Like if there was going to be a frost and right, they, right. the flowers weren't out yet. Doug Oster from Gardening with Doug. <laughs> <laughs> he joins us. Doug should know. <laughs> he told me that that's bunk and won't work. Really? Mm-hmm. How about like when you see movies, like you've seen this in movies, where they put out like little fires, like little hot pots, like in the crops and things like that. Oh, does that, I don't, does that uh, work? I don't know. I'm just saying. It's going to snow here. It's going to be cold. Right. It's October 18th and we're going to get snow. You know what I did last mm-hmm. night? Mm. Okay, it's at, it's, your shovel it's 10.30 p.m., okay? I have made dinner. I did the dishes. My husband went to bed early last night because he's been working really hard. Did the dishes, cleaned up, fed the cats, did the whole thing. Now it's 10.30. Mm. I repot. I, I bring all my herbs in from out in my garden. Mm, aren't you good? And repot them. Do what? you know how long that took? Do you know what a mess I made? Do of you know course. how stupid it was to do that at 2.30 at 10.30 p.m. So were you out there till 2.30? No, I was out there, but it took me at least an hour and a half, yeah. which meant midnight. What? It was really stupid. What What made you want to do this? Well, I Thinking needed, that the I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to do it, mm-hmm. but I had procrastinated. Mm-hmm. And I, actually, it wasn't as much procrastinating as what I just kept forgetting about How many it. pots? Uh, six. Large pots? Seven, seven. And placed where? Like in the living room? Well, Doug told me. Oh, Doug, here he is. Doug. Doug Doug Oster from Gardening with Doug. Let's get him on the horn. <laughs> Told us on the show last week that I that when you bring herbs in from outside, you should put them in like a cool place. The garage. Like, like to make sure that there are no aphids or sure, bugs sure, or whatever. Sure, right, right. And so if they pass that initial test, then I'll bring them up into my kitchen. Mm-hmm. But it was a mess. It was ridiculous. It yeah. was so dark. And I was freezing. Well, yeah, so you're out in the backyard with a shovel. Yep. You think the neighbors were a little nervous? <laughs> hey, they're, we haven't seen... They're thinking I'm very an Eric back right. there. We haven't seen the husband for a while there. All right. Oh, no, it's just basil. Who else starts that at 10.30 p.m.? It was stupid. Well, you got to... You know, your workday is different than most people. I don't... Right? I, well, that's true. Right. It's true, but still. I mean, 10.30 in the summer is one thing. Right. 10.30 in the winter. It was raining also yeah. when I was doing it. And you couldn't have waited till the next morning to do it. Well... I was concerned about the oh, that the weather was turning cold. <clears throat> I needed to get my mint, my thyme, and my sage inside. Even the thyme and sage would have been fine outside because mm-hmm. they like their cold weather crops. Well, you know, whenever you use those, you go, <laughs> I, I did a good job. I saved my, my taste buds. Except what if they get transplant shock? Well, I thought about that. There is that, right. There is that. You know, then, then you just go to the McCormick shelf and pull, <laughs> pull out the... The sage, I've rosemary, tried hard and on those spices. Oh, I don't want to give it up. Oh, I also brought chives in. Mm-hmm. It's the end of the season. Yeah, I know. You put chives on your baked potato. 
I put chives on my scrambled eggs. Really? I don't think, I'm not really... What's what's a chive? I mean, whenever I think about a chive, I think about like a... The only time I see it is on a baked potato. Do you not have chives or no, use chives? No, I want to use chives. You are missing out. I don't think so. First of all, chives are extremely easy to grow. You can just go trim them. If you know you, my backyard. I'm not growing anything back there. If you would have put that on your scrambled eggs, mm-hmm. your life would have improved dramatically. <laughs> here That's I am. That's how good chives are on scrambled I'm eggs. Late into middle age. There we go. Chive update here. I like right that home. one fan. Mm-hmm. It's just the one guy out I there. I like the one fan. So I'm late into middle age. My life has gone by, and I've had and a I vacuum can, of chives. I can't believe you don't have chives. Mm-hmm. I eat chives all the time. Really? Don't, I miss them all. Anyway, okay. job update. Okay, uh, let's go to bigger issues. Let's look at world news today. Kath, without further ado, please, the news stories. Give us the top four at four. For Tuesday, the 18th of October, mm-hmm. it's today. Chilly. 2022, number one. USF-16 warplanes intercepted two Russian bombers in mm-hmm. international mm-hmm. airspace near Alaska. Today, the North American Aerospace Defense Command said that's also called NORAD. Uh, The Air Defense Identification Zone is a perimeter, apparently, in which air traffic is monitored beyond the border of national airspace to provide additional reaction time. Okay, so there's like, there's there's the U.S. border, and then there's this air defense identification zone. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like the no man's land where we have time to react. Russia typically holds annual nuclear exercises about this time of year, though it was unclear if the presence of the bombers was related to these drills. And NORAD said that the bombers were not seen as a threat. Very good. The only time I think of NORAD is Christmas Eve when NORAD tracks Santa. Mm-hmm. They do things on the other days of the year. <laughs> they protect us. I just want you to know. Right. Number two. President Biden said today that if the American people elect more Democratic senators and keep the House in November, neither of which is going to happen, the first bill he will send to Congress will codify Roe versus Wade and legalize abortion okay. across the country. Right. Laying down the gauntlet. Uh-huh. He made the statements during a Democratic National Committee speech at Howard Theater in Washington, D.C., and he said when Congress passes it, I'll sign it in January, 50 years after Roe was first decided law of the land. Now, that's never going to happen with this election. Because there's no way he's going to get 60 votes needed in the Senate, and there's no way that the Democrats are probably... I shouldn't say no way. Just wait. Chances are right. neither one of those things is going to happen. So why'd he say it? Just because he was trying well, to you know, cater to his base. Number three. Shaler Area School Districts has made a decision to change to one unified graduation gown, and people in the neighborhood are just hot about it. Did you have one gown? No, we had two gowns. We had red for boys and white for girls. I, it's been a long time, but I think I had a gown, one gown okay. for everybody. Well, Shaler has always had two gowns. So the, the men wore one color, the women wore another color. Um, last night, 70 people attended a town hall meeting at the high school auditorium. All of them were upset. Um, not one of them who chose to speak agreed with the planned change that was announced by <laughs> Superintendent Dr. Sean Aiken. Um, here's the deal. From reading the article in today's trip, which I appreciate, it seems like uh, the they the school district was doing some assessments on racism. And after they had gotten to a discussion on issues of racism in the district, it moved to other people groups inside the district who are part of the student body who felt like they didn't, quote, fit into pre-approved categories. And so the decision to change 
to one graduation gown was apparently supposed to accommodate right. that. That's good. Except it's made everybody mad. It's a small issue, isn't it? No, I think it's a huge issue. I think it's it small. is. No, I think it's big. Really? I do. Number four. And if Kenny Pickett is cleared to play on Sunday night, Mike Tomlin says he will. Coach Tomlin at his weekly press conference Tuesday, that's today at noon, said that Kenny will play quarterback for us. We're not going to, quote, blow in the wind. And that's your top four at four. Very nice. The coach used uh, the term aggressive pursuit of victory several times, which I appreciate it. <laughs> Listen. The- I like that. Aggressive pursuit of victory it's not often you want to tune into a press conference oh but you can't miss his that's a great press conference it's i mean his good his verbal twistings they're just fabulous aren't they yes he's got a command of the language which is unusual for an nfl head coach completely unique mm, now did so. you hear the report that he was benched that trubisky was yes benched because of a fight during the jets game mm-hmm. because of a fight he got into with deontay johnson a verbal yes. not a physical right. fight a verbal altercation yes. in the locker room. Mm-hmm. So this is my favorite part of the press conference. So he was asked whether that was true or not. And this is what he said. He said, if it were true, do you think I'd share it with you in this environment? <laughs> Good. Which is great. Probably not. Our business is our business, he said. I understand that in today's climate, oftentimes there are leaks. I'm not going to acknowledge it or confirm it or deny it. I don't have enough hours in my day for it. But if it transpired, it's good. It probably means there are a couple guys who wanted to win. Yeah. If it didn't, it probably means it should have because we are aggressively pursuing victory. And sometimes it's emotional. Fabulous. Thank you, Coach. Very good. And that well sounded said. crappy the way I said it no, because it's... it was my voice. But if you heard him say it, it's it And he's great. got a nice clippy tone to himself. It's okay. Uh, every Sunday across Western Pennsylvania, we worship with brothers and sisters, a mosaic of international people across Western Pennsylvania. We'll talk about that next. 101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. We have a Savior who is born and who lived and died and rose again and he lives forever. And the way to change the culture is to take the cross of Jesus Christ to the hearts of men and women and boys and girls. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Cram. PowerPoint tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term providers help thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. You were created for a purpose. Geneva College can help you find it, follow it, and fulfill it. As you boldly answer God's call to live faithfully and intentionally in service to others. Together with Geneva, you'll embark on a journey of discovery with professors and peers who are integrating faith and learning, thinking constructively and creatively, 
as you learn to understand your world, develop expertise in your field of study, and find meaning and purpose in your life's work. Ranked one of the best value schools in regional universities north by U.S. News and World Report, Geneva offers over 195 undergraduate majors and programs to help you discover the compelling significance of God's calling. Geneva College, you were made for this. Explore what interests you at geneva.edu slash academics. Meet Brad. Brad's hard at work, or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. Live chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things, or nothing at all. Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com. I think we'd be astounded if we knew what the immigrant population is like in Western Pennsylvania, especially as believers. Here today to talk to us about that is Daniel Barons. Daniel uh, joins us from Ascension Church. It's in the Shady Side, Oakland neighborhood. And Daniel, uh, you are the uh, Ascension Minister, Missionary in Residence. It's an excellent title. How, how did you come about this? Well, we made up that role, Missionary in Residence. But uh, it came about through um, just sort of a process of discernment. So I was trained at seminary, trained as a as a priest in the Anglican Church, but then ended up working as a missionary for the last about three years in South Texas uh, with a little Anglican mission down there close to the border. Fabulous. And then joined the Anglican Mission Society and then was placed here and back in Pittsburgh, which is my hometown. So, Excellent. Yeah. And so I would say in, in our church, people come in to uh, to worship. Um, they may stay for a season or so, especially you know in the Oakland neighborhood. People come to university and what, but we do know, and of course I'm sure you know much better. There is a wide ranging immigrant population who are believers in Jesus in Pittsburgh. Absolutely, yeah, it's been fantastic since moving back to Pittsburgh just to meet people from all over the world who are coming here for just so many different reasons. And yeah, as you mentioned, a lot of them are Christians, which is so encouraging and such a blessing to the church here. Excellent. So the issue of immigration is uh, hot right now. It's been hot for the last 8, 10, 20 yeah. years, right, actually. Right. Um, but every time we get close to an election, the issue kind of heats up. Um, people feel strongly about it. People feel like, you know, there's too many people who are crossing into our borders. Uh, America needs to be America. Um, we need to have some kind of control over who's here and who's not here. Um, and I think there are points to be made on both sides. Um, are you trying to stay out of the politics of it? I mean, how do you navigate that? And how does the church body navigate that? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's interesting how immigration kind of goes in and out of popularity as a, as a hot topic. But the realities that drive immigration are fairly constant, you know, economic need and war sure. and prejudice and, you know, the things that make people leave their homes, which pretty much nobody wants to do, but are forced to do right. uh, or feel that they have to. Um, yeah, you know, having lived close to the border and sort of seeing that situation from a national level and a local level, I'm reluctant to take a strong side mm -hmm. on either, you know, political side of things. But I think as Christians, my, my director in Texas used to say, we need to have a pre-political conversation, mm. which is about 
the image of God in each person and the responsibility that you have. You know, if you're in the Good Samaritan story, if there's a guy lying stripped and beaten next to you on the road, you're not checking his papers. No, no. <laughs> and so if the church, I, I, I appreciate that. If the church has that conversation upstream, then maybe our national conversation downstream is healthier. That's at least my hope. I hope so. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the more I've interacted with folks who are involved in the immigration process, the more I just appreciate that it's very complicated and that uh, people are people and things aren't as clean and clear and obvious as far as how to fix things as it might sound like on TV. Yeah. I mean, like you just said it, right? When you see people, Maggio Day in the image of God, who's going to be a Democrat or who's going to be a Republican? Hopefully you just see people as the image of Christ and are moved to do the best for these people who their whatever their needs are, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So talk about what's happening here in Pittsburgh. Now, uh, of course, you know, uh, famously, we all know this, that Sunday is a very sort of, you know, uh, excluded time. People don't mingle white, black, yellow, red. It, you know, we're all sort of in our own camps. That's just, people go to church where they're comfortable. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, and we know this from guests over the many, many years, there's a wide range of people living here in the city of Pittsburgh from Africa, from Cuba, from the, the Dominican, from Mexico. There's a big Mexican, there's a big immigrant population here in the city. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're really blessed at Ascension. We get to see a little bit of that oh. diversity uh, in our Sunday worship. We have an English class program that is incredibly diverse and we have people from Dozens of countries who come really? midweek and, and lots of evenings of the week for classes. And then we get to see some of that on Sunday morning. How do they so, find you? Uh, Luann, who directs the program, she works really, really hard to put posters out, to do Facebook advertising. And she's been doing this for several years. And so word gets out. So, you know, you connect with one person. They have a good experience. They tell their family. They tell their neighbor. They tell their coworker. And it just kind of grows organically. So we've got hundreds of students from dozens of countries coming to the church property every week to work on English. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and some will come to church on Sunday, which is, you know, even for a native English speaker, church is tough. Mm -hmm. uh, the the kind of language through. we mm -hmm. use in church sure. is different than kind of everyday conversation, and it's kind of nonstop. So that's not a jump that everybody can make or should make, especially in their first years here. But so we get to, to meet people. So just this Sunday, there were people from Azerbaijan in church and China and new refugee family from Congo. They're actually church planners and pastors uh, who planted a bunch of churches in Zambia. So we just get to taste a little bit of that diversity of Pittsburgh, wow. even in our worship on Sunday, which is super cool. I bet. Daniel Barons is with us, missionary in residence at Church of the Ascension, which is in the North Oakland part of town. Um, Daniel, if you would, and you don't have to share names if you're not able to do that, but tell us a story of somebody uh, that you've worked with, that you've met, um, what that exchange was like between you and them. Yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah, so one of my favorite experiences so far has been uh, a family from Cuba that we got to know. Um, so they, they came to Pittsburgh, they were staying with, um, a family in the South Hills and got connected to our English classes. And I, I speak some Spanish, you know, we lived on the border. So that was kind of a, a connection with them when they came to be tested for their classes and we sort of hit it off and they lived close to where I live. So I was able to help transport them to classes a few times. And, um, it was really cool. They were such a strong Christian family. 
Uh, part of why they had to leave Cuba was because they were involved in ministry there, uh, helping people plant small businesses, which when you're trying to do that in a communist country, puts you in hot water. Right. Um, but they had come all the way up through Central America and crossed the border and asked for asylum and then ended up in, in Pittsburgh. Wow. Um, so they had quite a story. You know, a detail that I love to share is that um, one of their sons, they had three like young adult children. One of them got separated from the family, deported back to Mexico, found his way back to a different part of the border, and he'd lost all his possessions by this point on their journey, except for his Spanish Bible. And I got to see it. And he's holding it in front of this this house where he's staying now in Pittsburgh and with all this water damage on this wow. side. You know, and I think that's sort of an image of, I think, what's happening around the world, which is that the church in America, we have amazing evangelistic opportunities with people coming to the U.S. from other countries. You know, people who we would never get to reach, like people from Afghan, you know, from different parts of Afghanistan or the Far East. But at the same time, we're being blessed with Christians from other countries who have lived through stuff and relied on God in ways that we've never had to. I so I love that image of the, the Bible coming out of the Rio Grande River to bless us here in the U.S. Fabulous. So in all this time, now you've been doing this just for a short while, right? Yes, a little less than a year. And I'm sure, as you say, hundreds of people show up at Ascension to learn English as their first, as their second language. Second, third, fourth, fifth. <laughs> What's that like then? I mean, so you get to see Jesus represented, especially as you you know engage in a family from Cuba, in a different perspective than we would see, we would think we know Jesus from a Pittsburgh perspective. Definitely. Yeah, it's a real privilege and something really cool that's happening just this fall is that there's a, a group of refugees from Sudan and South Sudan who have settled in Pittsburgh. And these some of these folks have been here for a couple months. Some of them have been here for decades. And uh, they're starting to gather for worship at the church on Saturday afternoon. So at, at the same church where I worship just Saturday afternoon. And so I get to worship with them sometimes. And the, the service is very similar structure-wise to what we do Sunday morning, but it's in Arabic and English. And there's a, a whole different set of music that goes with it, a whole different kind of culture. Mm-hmm. And it feels like I'm on the other side of the world, but I'm just in my home church in my hometown of Pittsburgh. Um, but I love being there and just witnessing, yeah, just a different culture, praising the same God. I love hearing Yesu coming through the Arabic oh, and and even Allah, which kind of throws me off a little bit, but that's just God in Arabic. Right. Um, and I think the Lord enjoys it too. <laughs> so missionary in residence, a new position created specifically for you and your family as you gather yeah. here. What's When you look at it, what do you think the ark looks like for you? What do you hope to accomplish? Yeah, well, we've, we've talked about sort of a three-stage process of starting with exploring, just seeing what's happening already at the church. And and that's why we're there at that church is that they already have an amazing international ministry with all these folks coming for English classes and field trips and small groups. So just seeing what's happening there, seeing what's happening around Pittsburgh, and then digging into a couple new partnerships. And and we're already beginning that process. We're gathering a co-sponsorship team to walk with a refugee family for their first few months. I see. And that's just supporting uh, a, a different agency here in Pittsburgh. And then eventually I want to get to the point of saying, is there another ministry that our church can do ourselves that we can add to what's what's happening? So exploring, digging into some partnerships and then building something new. But that's a multi-year process. And I'm trying not to just jump to the third step <laughs> right, without right. doing doing the a good job two. of the first two. That's Daniel Barron's missionary in residence at <clears throat> sorry, Church of the Ascension in North Oakland. Um, 
Daniel, before our time uh, ends, I want to be sure to ask you from a perspective of a listener, you know, they're hearing our conversation. They think, I don't know anybody from Cuba. I don't know anybody from Afghanistan or the Congo or whatever. And if I did meet somebody from one of those, I wouldn't know what to say. So what would you say to somebody who has a good intention, but just feels intimidated by either a language barrier or a cultural barrier? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it's very easy. I mean, even on the border, it was easy to really not meet Where people. Where are you from? I'm from the South Hills, West Mifflin okay. and then South Park. Okay. Um, but so even even if you're right next to another country, you can kind of not even see the people who are who are crossing and coming into the U.S. And same in Pittsburgh. It's not obvious most of the time. Where are the refugee populations and immigrant populations? So my my advice is three words, and the first one is eat, mm-hmm. and that's and I got this from from I think the Evangelical Immigration Table, which is a really helpful resource. They said just adopt one store or restaurant from a culture other than your own, that's awesome. and don't just eat there once and then go to the next one and the next one like good Americans do. Just go to one store and keep going back and ask people their names and try to write it down. Make yourself known. Make yourself known and just be honest and say, I don't know anything about Indian cooking. You know, what's something that would be easy for me to try? Just keep coming back. Just try to get to know people by name and then That's start such a great idea. praying. Start praying for those names that you're trying hard to remember yeah, how yeah. to say. Uh, and then just see what the Lord kind of shows you from there. The need that everybody has that I see is community. You know, immigrants can be new immigrants can be here for years and have zero friends mm-hmm. who are who've been in the US longer than they have. And I think that's really sad. So offering community to people mm-hmm. is something we can always do. And then other stuff it kind of depends on the situation and, and what they ask for. Fabulous. But we can always offer our friendship. So this program, the English is a second language that Ascension is producing, I'm sure you need some help. You could use some volunteers, right? Yes, we've just kicked off our fall semester. So we're we're, you know, working out the kinks with a new group of students and teachers and assistants, but we'll be kind of resetting uh for the new year in a few months and that's a great time for folks to see about being a conversation partner or an assistant in a class. You know, being a teacher teacher, that's kind of a specialty and sure. most of the folks who do that, they have a teaching background in the classroom. But there's lots of room for people like me who are not teachers to just build relationships and help and be friendly and help in that operation. So there must yeah. be times where you pinch yourself and go, Hey, uh, for a guy from the South Hills in the city of Pittsburgh, uh, my life has taken turns that I didn't expect. Absolutely. Yeah. My wife and I were just so grateful. We didn't see ourselves coming back to Pittsburgh, but the people we get to meet in the ministry, we get to be involved in here. It just, it feels like cross-cultural ministry, which it is. It just happens to be right here where we grew up. That's wonderful. I love it. Well, thanks for coming in. Thank you. That's Daniel Barron's missionary in residence at Church of the Ascension in North Oakland. Excellent. We'll take a quick break. Reset. We got uh, more. We're just underway here. It's the ride home. This is Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on 101.5 Word FM, WORD. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home.
If you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in taxes, please listen to this important message. The IRS is aggressively hiring and quickly ramping up their tax collection team. Act now and protect yourself with a call to Tax Alliance. Don't let the money you owe the IRS keep you up at night and ruin your life. You may be surprised at how much having Tax Alliance on your side can protect you from the IRS collections and help you save thousands on what you owe. Here's what a customer had to say. Tax Alliance did an amazing job helping me through a quite difficult situation, saving me tens and thousands of dollars that I would have been paying for many years years to come. Tax Alliance is rated A-plus with a Better Business Bureau with no consumer complaints. If you owe the IRS at least $10,000 or more in back taxes, have unfiled returns, or have a payment plan and are still frustrated, call Tax Alliance now for a free consultation. 800-987-1054. 800-987-1054. That's 800-987-1054. Tax Alliance, your tax resolution solution. Uncle Ryan, the news. We need a watchdog. A panic room because mortgage rates have gotten higher but the news uncle ryan it's like the british are coming or worse a birthday catastrophe <laughs> can't say that word catastrophe it's ryan from united faith mortgage and yes we're going heavy on the jokes to make a point mortgage rates are up and no it's not optimal for anyone but there is another reality life does go on maybe you're ready for your first home your dream home or maybe it's time to downsize Life goes on. Rates have been higher in the past, and good people still need new homes. The point we want to make is... If you buy a new home this year, and you don't use our direct lender advantage, which can often save you monthly and lifelong money, along with us paying $1,000 of your closing costs, you'd be crazier than a watchdog in a panic room. See what we did there? We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. MLS number 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Do you need new blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. Don't overpay for new blinds. Shop today and save big. Blindster.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. I can't believe he found them. He seems sorry. We very clearly told him not to look up there. I'm honestly impressed that he was able to do it. Right? What did he balance on that big chair? Yeah, I mean, I guess he'll just know what his gifts are this year. I really thought we had hidden them well. If they can find their presence, they can find a gun. 911, what is your emergency? Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and N Family Fire. Tonight we'll see rain and snow showers with little to no accumulation, the low 35. A thick cloud cover tomorrow, breezy and cold with rain and snow showers of the morning. Little to no accumulation expected, followed by a shower in the afternoon, the high 41. Partly cloudy and cold tomorrow night. There will be a freeze with a low of 31. Some sunshine expected for Thursday with a high of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Icons, pieces of saints, the Shroud of Turin. These things are very uh, mysterious. Some would say fraudulent. They are certainly divisive within the Christian community. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, I think they can be divisive. I think they're, um, they're little bits of curiosity for some people. Yeah. I mean, uh, now... I mean, if you're talking about uh, 
you know, the importance of relics. That's the word I was trying to think of. Historically in the church, that's a whole different thing than how we look at them now. Right. I mean, I remember growing up, you know, growing up as a Roman Catholic, people would pass around like, you know, we'd call them holy cards that were laminated that had a little piece of wood on them. And people would say, well, this is a piece of wood from the cross. No, see, that's ridiculous. That, right? I'm so, that's the craziest thing. But you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. It, very divisive. You know, it, so the Shroud of Turin, I would say, in some ways. I mean, how ways, big could the cross possibly have well, been? Well, I don't know. You know, <laughs> The Shroud of Turin, I think, for a lot of people, fits under that category. Wouldn't you agree? I, to me, the Shroud of Turin is more like... I don't want to. I don't want to put it in like the Loch Ness monster category, but it's one of those like super that people are really curious about. Mm-hmm. I don't. Are there people that are anti Shroud of Turin? Well, I, I brought it up years ago to a, to a good friend of ours. Uh, his initial reaction was he scoffed. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Which I get because you know it's like a piece of the you know right. Although I mean, but it's it, but it is different than that to me. Well, I or demonst- I don't think to me. How's it Demonstrably, different? the Shroud of Turin is different than a little piece of the cross. The Shroud of Turin has some historical weight to it. Well, whereas the little bit of the cross on the card has zero. The Shroud of Turin could have the little piece of the cross dating back to like 1350. Right. That's a good point. Right. So, I mean, yeah, we're not right. We don't know. We don't know. Okay. So I saw something today which made me think about the Shroud of Turin because okay. I look at the Shroud of Turin and I think that's beautiful. I mean, the I, image I, I'm, itself. I'm so is, fascinated by it. Me too, I, and I don't know why. What this says about me, <laughs> but I want it to be real. Oh yeah, I kind of want it to be real too. Right. Okay. So I see something today, an incredible model showing how Christ may have looked has been unveiled in Spain, a hyper realistic sculpture which is made of latex, silicone, and real human hair, has been based on data collected from the Shroud of Turin. So they've taken the shroud, they show the picture of the shroud here, and then there's there's a man, a naked man, with all of these wounds, lacerations from, you know, they. so supposedly, right, Jesus was on the cross, not supposedly, but they lay him down on this linen, and then the superimposition of Christ transferred itself onto this this shroud. Right. Now they're saying through computer modeling, they've taken the shroud and they've produced a real life version of Jesus. Like what this person would have looked like. Exactly. Right. Now, (laughs) I know people are rolling their eyes. And it's a huge leap. Yeah, and I get it. it. It sounds You're like right. science fiction. It sounds wackadoodle. And it could be science fiction. It's just, well, it just sounds wackadoodle, quite honestly, right? It does. Um, you know, remember the whole thing? We had somebody on the years ago who talked about the uh, carbon dating. Yes. Right? Uh, they took a piece of the shroud. They did radio, r- radio carbon, carbon dating. Ra- radio carbon and, dating. And um, they said, well, this is not as old as 2,000 years ago, so it couldn't have been. But then they said, well, hold on. We took it from the edge. Exactly. The shroud was burned. Right. And so this is a patch on the shroud from an earlier, from a, a later time. Right. Okay. And no one's going to let them take a bit of the shroud where the image is to determine that. Right. The age of that. 
So this lifelike model features all the wounds, as I said, to have been inflicted on the Christ, including cuts to his head where the crown of thorns is said to have been fu- uh, forced upon his head. The sculpture, which weighs 165 pounds, is 5 feet 10, features the wound inflicted on Jesus' side by the lance, numerous scratches to his body said to have sustained after Pilate ordered him to be whipped. The shroud first mentioned uh, first was first mentioned in 1354 and has baffled scholars from the ages. Some believe the relic is the blood-stained burial cross of Christ of, of Christ. Others said, "Well, it's just a, a big hoax." So, th- they've taken this reproduction now and apparently this image, this man image is going to be on tour. So who owns it, the shroud? The Catholic Church owns it? I believe the Vatican does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's going to go, this image is going to go on a worldwide tour with exhibitions scheduled on five continents, which makes me raise an eyebrow. Oh, so now we're going to get, so you're thinking, okay, so we're going to get money for this, which is? The organizers of something called the Mystery Man Exhibition. The exhibition is a journey through the art, archaeology, and science of the shroud that are shown for the first time in a um, 600 square, uh, 6,458 foot exhibition. The main piece of the exhibition is a hyper-realistic uh, representation of the man in the shroud, which was unveiled for the first time during an opening press conference yesterday. Where was the press conference? In Spain. Uh, in Spain. They I want to see it. Well... Do you want to see it? Yeah, that's why I'm talking about it, because I'm intrigued by it. But it's kind of like, you know, remember when we were sold the Van Gogh thing? Yes. This is what this is going to be, in a way. So now there's a price tag connected to it. It loses its holiness, and now it becomes a bit of a carnival sideshow. Well, to be fair, it has been a lot of a sideshow since it started, simp- but not not because people were trying to cheapen it, but because it was a mystery. It and it it, it truly is so fascinating. I think so. I, but you know, there are ex- it doesn't there are, matter. There are exhibits that that travel all over the place in museums. Yeah. You have to pay to see. Does it you matter? You have to pay to, you? to get in a museum, right? Right. Does yeah. what does what matter to me? If it's real or not, doesn't yeah doesn't affect my belief. Oh no! You mean in Christ? Yeah. Oh no! That's what I'm saying. But I, but I still think it's fascinating. Yeah, Gary, what's your two cents? Oh, um, interesting. Like you guys say, um, I have my doubts. Of course. But um, there are some things about it which are compelling. Are compelling. Mm-hmm. So there's a link to an article. Yeah. Uh, if you give me that after the show, we'll put that. In the comment section, great, or the description section, I should say, of the video. Okay, so people can see for themselves. Find us on YouTube at the word Pittsburgh, and at the end of the show, we'll have that up for you. Very nice. Coming up next, a prominent mosque in Germany sounds its very first public call to prayer yesterday. Also, there's a teacher at the center of a hijab uproar in New York City. We'll talk about that as well. Coming up next. 101.5 WORD. Your station for unlimited grace with Brian Chapel. The answer is because they are not bound to the realities and the promises of this world, but they are bound to the eternity and promises of God. And he has said what would happen. 
There will come the day when the knowledge of God covers the earth as water covers the sea. Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. What if I told you you can save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or click on the preborn banner at wordfm.com. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold, the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. Now, we've won the Best of Trust Link Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular nine-day Mediterranean cruise? Join Alistair Begg in August 2023 to renew your vision, purpose, and connection with Christ as Alistair powerfully unpacks God's Word. Explore the biblical landscapes Paul encountered as he shared the gospel along breathtaking cliffside villages. Simply call 855-565-5519 or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. The Islamic call to prayer was sounded in public for the first time from one of Germany's biggest mosques this past Friday, but at a limited volume as part of a project that has been agreed upon with authorities in the city of Cologne, Germany, which has one of the country's largest Muslim communities. Authorities in Germany's fourth biggest city last year cleared the way for mosques to apply for permission for the call for a maximum of five minutes between the hours of noon and 3 p.m. on Fridays only, with a noise limit being set for each mosque according to its location. The call to prayer wasn't a first for Germany, but it did bring to a particularly prominent mosque. The Central Mosque, a modern building with two tall minarets, is located on a busy road just west of downtown Cologne, run by the Turkish Islamic Union for Religious Affairs. It was inaugurated by the Turkish president in 2018. Now, until now, the call to prayer was heard only inside the buildings. But early Friday afternoon, it was broadcast through two loudspeakers 
and authorities have stipulated that it should be limited to 60 decibels only for nearby residents. The call lasted for less than five minutes and could be heard only immediately outside the mosque. On the other side of the road, about 20 protesters gathered with banners, including one demanding no call in Cologne. Public space should be ideologically neutral. They were joined by a group of women protesting against the crackdown on protests in Iran. This is a big step forward. Mm, Yeah. I mean, uh, certainly there's a a large Muslim population here in the United States. You don't hear the call, do Mm -hmm. you? Now, I've never heard it in the United States. People would say, well, you hear church bells. Mm -hmm. So why should we not hear the call to prayer? Because it's a largely Christian country. Mm -hmm. It's a very contentious. uh, You don't you don't. I mean, you've been to Muslim countries. I, I have. I've been to Muslim countries. You don't hear church bells. You do not. You hear the minarets mm-hmm. and the, the call to prayer, mm-hmm. which to me, you know, just it's an oddly unsettling sound. It's well, not, it's, it's foreign not to my us. call to me. It's yes. foreign to us because it's not what we what we understand. Right. I would think this small crack in the door in Germany, and I think Germany has been very opening, very open to. Uh, Listen, Angela immigrants. Merkel has has certainly led the way mm-hmm. in opening the country to refugees. Yeah. So, um, what do you think? Would it come here? How would uh, that be received? Well, would be received badly. <laughs> I can tell you that. I mean, should it be received badly? I mean, we were just talking about immigrants. Yeah, here, right? right, right. I mean, either you have freedom of religion or you don't. Right. Um, I wonder why it hasn't come here. I think just numbers, percentage-wise, majority. You would think we- you would think that Muslims go well. We deserve to hear a call to prayer. I wonder what the specifics are there. I'm surprised that it hasn't happened here, that it hasn't become an issue. This is America, after all. Right. Right? We hear a lot of things. You kind of go, oh. But is it a freedom of speech issue? You would think so. Hmm. I'd have to hear some arguments on both sides of that before Mm -hmm. I knew what I thought about it. I mean, it. it, I don't know if it's a free speech issue because it's a public sound. I mean, you're not... it's amplifying. We amplify church bells. Right? Yeah. It's rare to hear church bells anymore. I right. always love to hear them. Yeah. It always moves me. But church bells mean something, have come to mean something cultural and not just something religious. You think? Yeah. Cultural what? The sound I mean, of church bells is like Like the what? church bells near me ring on the hour. Really? In mm-hmm. your neighborhood? Not in my neighborhood, but in close to where i live on the hour what mm-hmm. so they're telling the time right well the call to prayer is telling time for muslims in a way well it's true T- time to come to prayer yeah but the church bells aren't doing the same thing where they are not they're just telling the time uh, it just caught my attention to hear this story to read it's the really story surprising. about mosques in cologne germany are now allowing this call to prayer i just think as it is in europe sooner or later it will you know, happen it's, here it's interesting i can't picture that in germany i mean i can't i I, but here's the thing when i was in germany i wasn't in any of the big cities i was only in the countryside and things are different in Mm. you know as we know in urban centers versus sure uh versus you know the country it's just i i mean depending on where you are in germany you feel like you whether you're in the south or the north you either feel like you're in a very catholic environment or a very Protestant environment. Hmm. 
And uh, and the church, oftentimes, whether they're used or not, are still the center of community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? the churches are very important. People gather in churches. Church bells are heard all the are time. Are they really? Yes. Oh, yeah. But Germany's not not a Christian country. I would, I would, well, they're the home of the Reformation. I would think they would call themselves a Christian country. I wonder what percentage of people are Christians in Germany. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. I have no idea. All right. Anyway, I just caught my attention to think about that, you know, the sound of the call to prayer Hmm. and how it will soon, if it will, come to America. Just curious about that. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Reset. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's the ride home. 101.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D. Hi, this is John Hall. You've all helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today, and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special exclusively from my listeners on the Brickell and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. The set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. Now, for a limited time, you get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with a promo code WORD. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. It's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. You've got advanced prostate cancer, but you're not waiting around. You want straight talk to facts about a Govix. Orgovix Religolix 120 milligram prescription tablets is a treatment for adults with advanced prostate cancer. Fact, Orgovix is a different kind of androgen deprivation therapy treatment, a pill, not an injection. Orgovix may cause serious side effects, including a heart condition called QT prolongation. Tell your doctor right away if you feel dizzy, faint, have a racing or pounding heart or chest pain. Orgovix can cause harm to an unborn baby or miscarriage. Use birth control during treatment and for two weeks after Orgovix treatment. The most common side effects include hot flushes, increased blood sugar and blood fat levels, muscle and joint pain, decreased blood hemoglobin levels, increased liver enzymes, tiredness, constipation, and diarrhea. Other side effects include weight gain, decreased sex drive, and erectile function problems. Orgovix may cause infertility. Talk to your doctor if infertility is a concern for you. Go with Orgovix. Ask your doctor. For more facts, visit GoWithTheFacts.com. Cable news. Noisy, out of touch, on repeat. Tired of all the lookalikes? So are we. Salem News Channel is here to change the game. Streaming 24-7, free on your TV, with the greatest collection of conservative voices. Home to Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wokow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Like you, we say what's wrong and what's right. Unfiltered and unapologetic. Salem News Channel. We're the answer to the mainstream media. Learn more at snc.tv. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Being a dog owner, uh, being a dog owner, uh, I was thrilled to you know 
teach my dogs certain things. You know, sit, stay, fetch. If I could do those three commands with any dog I owned, I thought, okay, all right, I've earned my chops as a dog owner. There are some dogs, though, of course, as you know this, who far exceed sit, stay, fetch. Mm -hmm. I'm reading a story about a dog. His name is Eclipse, who uh, lived in Seattle. He was apparently a Seattle icon. Uh, His name is Eclipse. He gained notoriety for riding Seattle's city buses alone. Stop it. For more than a decade. Uh, Apparently, Eclipse died in her sleep on Friday. The big red bus with three doors had been a fixture of Eclipse's daily routine for years. Uh, His owner, Jeff Young, uh, told USA Today. Was it a he or a she? I'm sorry, she. she. Okay, thank you. Uh, Several green and yellow buses stopped right outside of uh, Young's apartment, but Eclipse knew to take the red bus to the dog park to Belltown, which uh, he had done, she had done a million times, Young said. He adopted Eclipse when she was just 10 weeks old. In 2015, the Black Lab Bull Mastiff mixed dog began commuting without Young two to three times a week (laughs) after sneaking on the bus alone while Young was standing outside smoking a cigarette. Eclipse knew exactly where to get off the bus by looking out the window, Young said. Eclipse would hop off the bus and then run straight to the dog park about a block and a half away. She would break off whatever was going on, the conversations or people she was surrounded with on the bus, whatever interaction was going on, jump down, go to the back door of the bus, and start banging on the glass door, Young said. Since the first solo ride in 2015, Young's had to keep a close eye on the dog. He said the celebrity thing kind of got out of hand, that she became bigger than the neighborhood. He said, missing her will not even cover it. How about that? What does that mean? It got out of hand. Does that mean it went to her head? Like Eclipse was thinking more of herself? Probably, you know, everybody knew who she was and, you know, news programs, newspapers, all all sorts of press coverage coming to, you know, see this young guy and his dog. So she, when she wanted to see her friends, she'd just get on the bus. Get on the bus. And she didn't have a bus pass. Just rode for free. That's so funny. I love that. Darks are cool. Okay, uh, the biggest uh, donation in history has been given to the Girl Scouts today. It's $84.5 million donated by Mackenzie Scott. It's a lot of cookies. Who is one of the wealthiest women in the world. Um, She's 52 years old. She was formerly married to Jeff Bezos Mm. of Amazon fame. Um, But this award of $84.5 million is part of her divorce settlement from her her husband, Dan Jewett, who she's only been married to for a year. Um, Yeah, so she she divorced Jeff Bezos and then married this guy who she's now divorcing. And part of the divorce settlement is that she would make this uh, incredibly large and generous donation. The Girl Scouts are over the moon. They said, you know, that they it emphasizes the importance of supporting the next generation of female leaders. Um, She has uh, she has four kids with Jeff Bezos. And she has um, made a lot, many more than I realized, donations of large volume. She's been very generous. Yes, she has. Um, She gifted her Beverly Hills estate, which is worth $55 million, to support the nonprofit California Community Foundation. She also donated $436 million to Habitat. Wow. That's Um, a lot of good. Yeah. Fabulous. Um, She also donated, are you ready? $2.7 billion 
billion dollars, 2.7, to 286 underfunded organizations that wow. fight against wealth inequality. Fabulous. Okay, great. So, I mean, good for her. Yeah, man. You, you got the cash. You're going to spread it around. Uh, you're going to help a lot of Go people. Go for it. I, my guess is, I wonder if she was a Girl Scout. And I also wonder how the Girl Scouts are doing in this day and age. Because, you know, the Boy Scouts yeah, took a major hit exactly. a few years ago. Because of the cookies, I, I'm, I'm serious about that. I think that's done more to keep the Girl Scouts Probably. front and center in people's mind than anything else. The goodwill of being, yeah. at, you know, knocking on your door or being at the local supermarket. Thin mints, people. Yeah, thin mints. Put them in the freezer. Yeah. You have to eat the whole sleeve, though, don't you? Yes, you I think must. you do. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Salemnow.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Russian airstrikes have cut power and water supplies to hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians. President Zelensky said nearly a third of Ukraine's power stations have been destroyed. An Iranian female competitive climber left South Korea early after competing at an event without a headscarf. Many worry she may have been forced to leave by Iranian authorities. Organizers say El Nasrikabi didn't put on a hijab during the final of the International Federation of Sport Climbing Asia Championship in Seoul. Rikabi's decision not to wear the head covering came as thousands protest the death of a woman who was detained for her clothing. Reports say Rikabi was scheduled to leave a day later, but her flight apparently had been moved up unexpectedly. A later Instagram post on an account attributed to Rikabi said her not wearing a covering was unintentional. I'm Karen Chamas. And on Wall Street, this is SRN News. Have you noticed homes for sale in your neighborhood staying on the market longer? Even with price drops, the homes still sit. That's because the market has taken a turn for the worse and the feds kept raising rates. You've seen this movie before, and unfortunately, the next step could be a decrease in home values. Do you still have equity in your home? If so, and you're thinking of taking cash out of your home's equity, do it now. Get the cash you need now. Call Cash Call Mortgage today and get your cash out refi done fast. You can start your application online at cashcallmortgage.com or call now. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. Cash Call Mortgage is a DBA of Impact Mortgage Corp. NMLS ID 128231. Not all applicants will qualify. Equal housing lender licensed by California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Residential Mortgage Lending Act license number 4131083. Not licensed in all states, including New York. You've spent your entire working life paying into it. So don't you want to get the most out of Social Security, squeezing it for all it's worth? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. Our team can help show you ways to do that with our free Social Security report. It's a great first step to learn how your benefits can play a role in your overall retirement income plan, especially because the Social Security Administration can't give you advice. It's different for everyone, and there are a lot of factors that go into knowing exactly how to maximize your benefits, but based on the decision you make, you could end up with tens of thousands of extra dollars in retirement simply by being 
being informed. Get this free social security report from Accurate Solutions Group by texting the word security to 412-515-3555. That's security to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Firm offers insurance services and is not affiliated with the U.S. government. Hello, this is John Guest. We would like to invite you to a citywide prayer gathering at Christ Church at Grove Farm, Thursday, October the 27th, 6.30 to 8 in the evening, to pray together for the next midterm election, that candidates will be elected who will stand for biblical values and that Christians will get out and vote in what will be a monumentally critical election. This is John Guest. Go for it. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. <clears throat> and if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Tonight we'll see rain and snow showers with little to no accumulation, the low 35. A thick cloud cover tomorrow, breezy and cold with rain and snow showers of the morning, little to no accumulation expected, followed by a shower in the afternoon, the high 41. Partly cloudy and cold tomorrow night, there will be a freeze with a low of 31. Some sunshine expected for Thursday with a high of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. It looks like a prototypical fall afternoon here in the city. Well, a cold fall. Yeah. It looks gray and foreboding from inside. You know, I like it. As Why much, do you like that? Because as much as I love the sun and the sand, I also love the flip side of this as well. Okay, well, what about the, the fall colors and the sun? That's very beautiful. What about... This? It's very melancholy. No and you kidding. Know, I like a melancholy. Honest, what a is black your melancholy Irishman. thing? I like the melancholy. Good right? you grief. Don't, you don't, do you never get melancholy? It's like one mm. of my major chords in life. I know. <laughs> I've heard it struck more than once. <laughs> I've dragged you into over it. Over these many years. Right? Late at night, I'm texting I mean, you going, oh, I this is, I have to tell if, you something. If I, if I am feeling melancholy, I don't, you know. Espouse it. Get, give into it. What? Or, you don't, what? I surrendered to it tremendously. Why? I love it. It just feels good. Why do good. you love it? I don't know. It's just part of my what, it feel, nature. It, it feels good to feel so bad. Feels like home. <laughs> I just like it. Oh, my God. I do. I mean, you know, um, you know, I love a sunny day at the beach. Mm-hmm. I live for that. Yeah. But looking here at this gray and cold, it feels and, comforting. And so what you're going to, and how is that comforting? It's going to make you think of, I don't know. What? Pessimistic items? Soup. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There it is again. The fan. See, it's our lone fan. The one fan. I love him. Murray, love our fan. All right. Listen, I'm. Uh, I fear for established legacy journalism in the city of Pittsburgh. 
Do you not? Yeah, I do. Word too. today that the Pittsburgh Post Gazette journalists are now on strike. Uh, last week uh, was the first volley. This has been a long time coming, and it's come to a head. Um, I'm reading from the uh, the Tribune View. They say this uh, labor strife at the PG escalated today with most of the newsroom, the unionized employees going on strike to protest what they consider unfair labor practices by the company. This comes after the uh, PG employees belonging to unions representing production, distribution and advertising workers went on strike earlier this month and called for a boycott of the newspaper by subscribers and advertisers. Journalists had launched a byline strike removing their names from articles in solidarity. Tuesday, they went a step further, taking to the picket lines starting at noon this afternoon. Quote, we're out here because we believe in this place. We believe in the journalism that Mm -hmm. we produce, the papers that we print and deliver to the community at large. Newspaper Guild of Pittsburgh President Zach Tanner said into the bullhorn as he addressed workers outside the PG North Shore office building. Without the Post-Gazette, Without the workers who produce the product, those readers go uninformed, Mm -hmm. Tanner said. It seems like lately, for the past five or six years, the Block family that owns the Post-Gazette disagrees with that. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Those days, I believe, have passed. The the Post-Gazette went on strike, I believe, the last time was maybe a decade or so ago. Uh, I remember, you know, being a, a newspaper boy in the 70s, whenever the paper would go on strike, people were so hungry for the mm-hmm. news. Heck, I remember Ed Shaughnessy would read the comics on the KDKA News. Wow. Those days are long gone. I believe probably... Yeah, because you can get your news in so many places. You can get bad news in a lot of yeah, places. You don't get established places. legacy news, which is what the... But here's... And you should fear for established legacy news because in 40 years, there isn't going to be any... Well, I, I don't know. I mean, look, the New York Times has proven that there's a model for people who are willing to pay for their newspaper. I'm thinking of people who are 13 right now. Oh, right. They're getting their news on TikTok. <laughs> that's it's not, not news. It's not the that right not news. news. It's not. But that's where they're getting it. I now, guess. we could look forward and say, okay, well, those people are going to increase in intellectual capacity and an awareness of the world. And so they're going to be looking for an established news source. Look, I hope that's the case. But I just fear that when you have been on this steady diet of social media in all your formative years, I don't see any reason to expect that you turn 25 and all of Pick a sudden a the newspaper. light bulb comes on and you're like, wow. Right. This is real news. Right. I mean, I would say just, you know, from what I see, this is probably the end, which this has been coming for a long time, at least of the print edition of the Post-Gazette, right? That, they're only publishing, I think, two days, two days a, week. a week. right? Um, and for the entire model, I don't know. Uh, is there enough to sustain the, the electronic version? Well, I guess we'll find out. I don't know. I'm, I'm a, a little melancholy about this. There you go. See, look out the window. Mm-hmm. It fit The weather fits the news today, yeah, does it not? Yeah, I feel good about it. Very good. All right, coming up next, Kaufman's Department Store. Yes. Kaufman's Department Store, the famous outgrowth of the legacy of the Kaufman family. Well, there's a uh, a new project out. It is a book on the Kaufmans that is absolutely fascinating. The family that built Pittsburgh's famed department store. We'll talk to uh, writers Marilyn Pitts and Laura Malchneiderberger next. Point five W O R D. Each of us as Christians is called to share God's truth, but for the pastor, there's a definite pattern and benefit in expository preaching. 
We'll learn some practical pointers for addressing the challenges of church leadership this week, and everyone can profit from these lessons, not just pastors. Listen to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. Trish heard one of our radio ads recently and gave us a yell. Ryan, she said, I keep hearing that mortgage interest rates are annoyingly up, but I'll keep it real. I'm struggling with bills. I haven't taken a vacation in years, and my back patio looks like Godzilla visited. And then I keep hearing how much home values have gone up. Would it be wrong to pull that new cash out of my home to use for this stuff? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And yes, rates are annoyingly up. And so for some, it could be wrong to do a cash-out refinance. But for others, the recent home value rush is still a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Trish eliminated her credit card debt, turned the backyard into an oasis, and kept some money back for a vacation and rainy days. And her plan is, when these annoying rates settle back down, she'll refinance then to lower the rate. If you're curious what a cash-out refinance would look like for you, we are United United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And a lesson number 1330. That's the lady Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. International travel is open again. So now is the perfect time for that trip to Israel, the trip of a lifetime. A trip to the Holy Land will bring you face-to-face with one of the most fascinating countries on earth. More than just a vacation, this meaningful trip is your opportunity to enjoy the freedom to travel again, walking the ancient streets of Jerusalem where Jesus walked, sailing the Sea of Galilee, and floating in the mineral-rich Dead Sea with its healing and rejuvenating power. Sebastian Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza, along with our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, personally invite you to experience Israel with them this November. To book your trip to Israel, Log on to StandWithIsraelTour.com. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Then call 855-565-5519 to secure your spot. Call today, 855-565-5519. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. Speaking of the PG, we have two veteran journalists in the on-deck circle from the PG, Marilyn Pitts and Laura Malt-Schneiderman. We're going to be talking about the Kaufman family and the Kaufman department store, uh, which means more than, you know, the sales you would get on a Saturday. It, I think it meant something, sig- the, the name Kaufman's meant something significant for Pittsburgh. It surely did. At one time. There was an aura of um, quality about it, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember so much, so many details of Kaufman's from when I was a kid. You worked there. Yeah, I I worked. I mean, it was the first place I first job I ever had Mm -hmm. was there. And all the years that I was growing up, that was the job I wanted to have. Right. Okay. We don't know if uh, our connection's secure, but uh, Marilyn and Laura, can you hear us? We don't think so. We don't think we can. That's sad. Uh, We're having a little trouble here with the connection, you think? Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, you guys. Okay, we've got a bad Zoom link. All right, so... Um, okay, so ladies, if you can hear us, we're going to ask you to call the hotline. I'm not sure that they can hear okay, us. Okay, it doesn't look like they can. 
So all right. We're speaking of legacy journalism. Yeah, we're having a little bit of trouble here. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, something's going on. Yeah, um, Garrett, should we step away and uh, reconfigure or no? You know that term you hate, yes, which is fill. Fill. Oh, okay. Fine. Well, I have no just, problem with that because we're talking just about fill. All right. Okay. okay all right. And um, and we'll figure it out. We'll see if we can get them back. Uh, we can get them. We just can't seem to get the audio. Okay. Right, okay. Fine. Great. All right. Well, I can start with this right. because uh, the Kaufmans that I started going to when I was a little kid was the one on McKnight Road. Mm-hmm. It was at the corner of McKnight and Peebles. Yeah. And so I remember being a very little kid, you know, five years old. We moved to Pittsburgh at that time. And um, and I was I remember going with my dad to uh, Kaufman's for Christmas Eve to buy something for my mom. On Christmas Eve? Mm-hmm. Your dad was one of those guys. Listen. Oh, stay. We weren't, we weren't advanced planning in that regard. <laughs> Christmas Eve. Did he have we, a wild look been, on his we've face? We've been planning the pierogies for eight weeks, but the, Chris, but the presents we were... Anyway, I remember being a very, very small person. So my dad kind of like, kind of holding me or dragging mm-hmm. me along, whatever. Four, three years old. So. Right. Um and going along the bottom floor of the Northway Mall and uh, taking a right and going into Horns, doing what we had to do there, but knowing that Kaufman's was going to be across the street. Yeah. And that's where I really wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And Kaufman's at that time, John, all I can tell you is it seemed really fancy. It was. I mean, I remember the lighting fixtures they had. Chandeliers. There. Yep. That, that had, first floor when you walked yes, in. Yes. I mean, wasn't it beautiful? Okay, so so as as beautiful as the North Hills uh, one was, downtown no, was when you it was felt a show like place. you walked into that first floor, and I, the first floor generally was women's perfume, mm-hmm. cosmetics, accessories, cosmetics. That a whole first floor. It was massive. Yes. Yeah, so, you, so you'd walk in the corner doors. Yep. And of course, it was sunken down mm-hmm. it. So you were kind of looking down at all of the yeah. beauty that was happening, and it just seemed like very adult. Every, it did, and everything that a person could possibly want or need was available in that store. Yes, and and the great thing about Kaufman's downtown, the store was so big that everybody had their sort of like own kind of special place they would go to. How about taking the wooden escalator from the mezzanine to the men's department, right? Right right by the candy. Right. Or the bakery was on that mezzanine as well. And there were the elevator doors, those gigantic silver doors. I loved those so much. Right. I loved the sound they made. Ka-chunk. How about whenever you would take the elevator to the very top of, this is what I would do. You go to the very top, which... Maybe like in the 70s was where the furniture was sold. Okay. And work your way down slowly. And even going from one side of the building to another. This is a big building. It took you forever to get from one side to the other. But truly, anything that you could want or need, I mean. And everything at that point was out of reach. Yeah. Financially. Well, and when I started with the first, you know, at the beginning of my story, was physically out of reach because I was so small. But it was always the things you could dream about. Yeah. The couture. The, I mean. Are you kidding me? And at one point, Kaufman's had buyers all around the world. Mm-hmm. People were, were in the know who did their absolute best to bring high-end quality to Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. I remember being uh, old enough to go to the bargain basement. 
Oh, sure. By myself, which may, might have been when I was 16 mm-hmm. or 17 or something like that. The bargain basement was the basement of the downtown store. Yeah. And it was like... Crazy town. It was like all of the beautiful goods had come down to my level. Yeah. But they were always kind of slightly a little funky. Or they were off season. Yeah. But there was a bargain to be had. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. How about, you know, like, at least for for me as a guy, like buying, walking into, walking into Kaufman's for the first time, working downtown, and holding in your hand... Your Kaufman's charge card. Yes. Oh my gosh, I remember what it looked like. Me too. What the, color was yours? Uh, goldish brown. Okay, mine maybe? was maroon. Maroon. Because uh-huh. oh, that was. It tells a... you because it went. They went through different phases depending yeah. on yeah. you know what decade it was. Mm-hmm. But having that in your wallet and oh using it. Oh my gosh! You thought that you were like king of the world. I'm, yep. You know, the great thing about the Kaufman story is that it. In its essence, its true essence, it's an immigrant story. It's a Pittsburgh immigrant story. And it's also, in many ways, a religious story. That you think about Jews coming to America Mm -hmm. and working on a dream, achieving that dream. Achieving more than the dream. But not being invited into the inner circle yeah. of the fricks and the melons. No seat and, at the table. No, there was not. And so what they what did they do? They created their own table, which, of course, still to this day, you look at Squirrel Hill and, you know, Kaufman's and the Jewish Community Center, Irene Kaufman, the entire family and all that fortune. And we talked earlier about um, the philanthropy of um, Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos Mackenzie Bezos, Scott. Right. I mean, the philanthropy that the Kaufmans gave to Pittsburgh was just off the charts. It's hard to, it's hard to overstate it in some ways. And again, if you weren't alive in that time and you didn't shop there and you weren't part of it, you'd kind of shrug your shoulders. But, I mean, it was such a big piece of Pittsburgh, the clock, meet me at the clock. Mm-hmm. And when you look at downtown Pittsburgh... The throngs of people that used to work in downtown Pittsburgh. I mean, it was just fabulous. Anyway, we're happy to welcome yeah, to the Mar- show. Marilyn Pitts and Laura Malt Schneiderman are with us. Their new book is called Kaufman's, The Family That Built Pittsburgh's Famed Department Store. Marilyn, Laura, welcome in. <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful to be here. Hey, good to hear your voices. You don't know how happy we are to hear your voices. (laughs) It's it's very good. I didn't hear yours too. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, ladies, um, the the book, the fam Kaufman's, the family that built Pittsburgh's famed department store. If you're a Pittsburgher, which both Kath and I born and raised in Pittsburgh, this is kind of like reading a family history in some ways. It's a genealogy of who we are. So, really. First class job, excellent work. We're thrilled with the book and the publication. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so let's start uh, talking about the very beginnings of the department store. While we were trying to get you guys on, as far as you know, the the, the difficulties in Zoom. Um, we were talking about our first impressions of Kaufman's as a kid. Yep. So I was telling the story about being about five years old and going with my dad on Christmas Eve to the Kaufman's at the corner of McKnight and Peebles, buying a Christmas gift for my mom. Right? Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Um, not a moment. Not a moment to spare. And then my 
all the years I was growing up, the first job I ever wanted to get was at Kaufman's, and that was the first job I ended up with. Really? How old were you? Uh, 16. Interesting. Yeah. So you probably were one of a long army of people. It's wonderful to hear those memories. Yeah. Yeah. So, Marilyn, Lauren, talk about why Kaufman's. Um, uh, Pittsburgh was in your blood, even though it's true, you're not Pittsburghers by birth, yes? That's true. Neither of us is. Uh, this happened a long time ago. Uh, I was at a, a meeting of the Squirrel Hill Historical Society, oh. and Barbara Burston was giving a presentation about her book, Steel City Jews. And she just happened to say, uh, kind of just as an aside, that Irene Kaufman had swallowed carbolic acid, mm. which is a poison, and killed herself. And the entire room, and it was packed, the entire room gasped. <gasps> You know, and it was clear nobody knew this, even though Irene Kaufman's name is all over Squirrel Hill and all over Pittsburgh. And then she kind of added, just tossed off. And 10 years later, her mother threw herself out of the window of the Ritz-Carlton in New York. And again, the room just went, <gasps> I bet. So at that point, you know, I kind of knew that the the family, even though their name was all over the city, nobody really knew that much about them. Hmm. And then when... Kaufman's was about to close in 2015. I, I remembered that that incident at the meeting, and and I thought this will probably make a good story. And I asked Mary Lynn, who I'd worked with in the past, we were both at the newspaper then. Would she want to write it, and I would be the web developer, and that's what we did. Um, we wrote it, and we um, collaborated on the research. We put up the web page. And then our inboxes exploded with emails and the comment section of the page exploded. Wonderful. And we looked at the page views for the website and it outperformed the story about the Steelers that day. <laughs> when you outperform the Steelers, <laughs> you know you're onto something. You got something big you're grabbing onto. <laughs> and we said to each other, hmm, maybe we should take this to the pit press. And that's where it started. Excellent. Okay, so reading, Marilyn, uh, about the story of the Kaufman uh, family, I mean, you start at the very, very beginning, and you tell the story of 19-year-old Jacob Kaufman, who in June of 1868 arrives in America. He's a, a kid. It's a farmer's son, and he comes to the south side. And from there, everything starts to take hold. Tell us that story, please. You know, he could have stayed in Germany and been a, uh, a dealer in cattle and horses all of his life. But I think like a lot of young men in Germany, he wanted to seek his fortune in the new world. And he came here. He began at the you know lowest possible rung of retail. He walked on foot all over southwestern Pennsylvania with a pack on his back selling um, goods to uh, you know, people who worked in coal mines, people who worked in steel mills. And then he got enough money together to bring over his brother, Isaac. Then together they peddled. They finally got a wagon. Uh, they finally got a two-horse wagon. Um, and then they finally had enough money to open a, a store that was the size of a shoebox on the south side called Jay Kaufman and Brother. And not only were they selling, you know, um, clothing but they were also merchant tailors um so they you know they sewed so they had um they had a good beginning there and then they eventually moved downtown and gradually over time 
you know, they just creeped down uh, Smith, crept down Smithfield Street to Fifth Avenue, uh, where the famous clock is. Um, and, you know, in, within 20 years, the Fork Kaufman brothers were, were Gilded Age millionaires. Within 20 years. That, I mean, that's amazing, Incredible. right? That they, the, the picture that you paint in the book of, of Jacob Kaufman, you know, as you say, walking 15, 20 miles a day with a backpack and he's got, you know, needles and thread and things, the very basics. And then right. one by one brings a brother over, another brother, another brother. And I mean, these are farmer's sons. So the genius of these, of these guys is that they, you know, relied upon their own moxie and then upon the Jewish population who looked out for each other, took care of each other, and in short order, 20 years, they were building mansions worth hundreds of thousands of dollars on Fifth Avenue. I mean, I mean, that story itself is like, you know, the prototypical American dream, yeah? Well, it is, but they also caught the wave of a new kind of retailing called the department store, you know. In Germany, they have a word called Wunderkammer, which means cabinet of wonders, mm. And in a way, Kaufman's was like a cabinet of wonders. Yeah. You know, there was a million square selling, million square feet of selling space. You could buy everything from, you know, fabulous perfume to uh, Stuben glass and Swarovski crystal, and or you could just buy a, a bolt of fabric. So fast forward, the Kaufman brothers make their fortune. Then Jacob Kaufman in his 50s suffers a heart attack. And that's the beginning of sort of the the coalescence of the Kaufman empire that they sort of let go of some family members and some family members grab power. It, you know, then you, you think about what everybody knows falling water, which is the Kaufmans. The thread leaps forward from there. Can you Can you talk about that? I think that um, what eventually happened was that after Jacob died, um, that uh, the family um, arranged. Well, there was a there was a there was conflict within the family, uh, and eventually that was resolved. But Edgar Kaufman, uh, the son of Morris, one of the founding brothers, had been groomed to take over the store. And he had studied in Europe uh, at, under famous retailers in Paris and in Germany. Um, and he uh, married his, his first cousin, Lillian. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, he consolidated ownership of the store. He got his, his bride's ownership or you know, stock in the store. And so <clears throat> he um, really took charge and really... Uh, made Kaufman's the the great retailer that it became. He was very innovative. So innovative to us means coming up with like a different web design, right? Or, you know, <laughs> fi figuring out how to do like a group Zoom call. Inno what did innovation <laughs> then look like? Well, they anticipated um, television. I mean, they were putting in plugs for you know a whole wiring system for television in the 20s huh. that's that's how far sighted they were another thing they did was they um you know in the early days of department stores you would go in and ask a clerk and you'd say uh, i'd like to see that sh beautiful shawl and they'd bring it out and um there wouldn't be a price tag on it the clerk would size you up and based on how well or how poorly you were dressed 
they would sort of dicker with you really? over what what you were willing to pay. No kidding. So right. actually, what Kaufman's did was they said we are going to uh, one price for all was in its early ads. A that, set price. You know, they were yeah set price. So you know we we all associate you know buying goods now with a price tag, but that was not always the case. Hmm. So then you consider um, electric lights in the store. At some point, you're, you're saying television uh, sort of wires put into place, air conditioning. All these right. things were innovative, pneumatic tubes. And one of the things you talk about at great length in many ways is sort of like the um, the social justice aspect of the Kaufmans, that they saw their employees as valuable. They provided food. They provided recreation, outdoor okay. camps and things like that. These these were people who were invested and they didn't have to do this. I mean, a lot of people, you know, uh, didn't do this in their business dealings, especially in the early part of the 20th century. But the Kaufmans were forward thinking people. Uh, Marilyn, can you talk about that? I think that uh, one of the things that they did um, that really revolutionized retailing was Edgar Jonas Kaufman, the man who commissioned Falling Water, Found, uh, decided to open something called the Research Bureau for Retail Training. And initially, it was, um, I believe, at Pitt and then at Carnegie, or Carnegie Mellon. But um, they recruited people who were college graduates from excellent schools like Cornell. Hmm. Well, oh, we've friends. lost Marilyn. Oh, no, no, she's back. Made it, oh. <laughs> They made it a white-collar profession. They made retailing a white-collar profession, and that allowed women to become, you know, buyers and even store managers. Really? So, and the, the other thing they did was they rewarded people who were longtime employees. You know, you joined something called the Standby Club if you had been there for 20 years. Hmm. Uh, so let me switch to you, Laura, and we, we're, we're going to be short here because um, we want to go to break so we have time to come back and, and talk about something else with you. But I want to ask about this social justice aspect, um, making uh, retail into a professional job into, you know, with, with a, a white collar understanding. What about people of color? I mean, we understand that the Kaufmans themselves were marginalized um, uh, as Jewish Americans. How did they respond to that? Well, Unfortunately, the story there is not is not great. Um, they, while they in their private lives were very very respectful and um, and deferred to their the people of color in their lives and treated with them with a great deal of respect. At the store, they did not allow uh, black clerks people to serve the public on the floor. Black. Yeah, on the floor as clerks, they were relegated to the back as they were everywhere else as waiters, as um, janitors, as elevator, you know, staff people, elevator operators. Um, and yeah, their record was no better than the other department stores in that respect. Just the times, right? That's what it was. Uh, we want to hold the Coffin family up for the good work that they did, but we also know everyone, you know, uh, has their foibles as well. Look, we need to quick take a quick step away. We had a little bit of a shaky opening here with our Zoom connection, but uh, Marilyn Pitts and uh, Lauren Malt uh, Scheinerman are going to join us to talk about the Coffin book, the family that built Pittsburgh's famed department stores. Stick with us. Hi, this is John Hall. You've all helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today, and I'm trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. 
on top of the special exclusively from my listeners on the Brickell and Giza Dream bedsheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. The set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. Now, for a limited time, you get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with a promo code WORD. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. It's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bed sheets. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Research shows listeners prefer a personalized experience. So to help you remember, Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. It personalizes that for Amber, who really misses boy bands from the 90s. Hey, girl. I'm the cute one. Here to tell you how Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. I'm the heartthrob. The only thing I love more than you is saving. And I'm the other boy in the band everyone forgot about. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's more complex. People change, families change, and the law changes. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. And a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple, so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Let's face it, we love Alexa. And we'd love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. She could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the Word Pittsburgh skill. And after she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the word Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do. And Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. Word 101.5. Tonight we'll see rain and snow showers with little to no accumulation, the low 35. A thick cloud cover tomorrow, breezy and cold with rain and snow showers of the morning, little to no accumulation expected, followed by a shower in the afternoon, the high 41. Partly cloudy and cold tomorrow night. There will be a freeze with a low of 31. Some sunshine expected for Thursday with a high of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The new book is called Kaufman's, The Family That Built Pittsburgh's Famed Department Store. We're talking to veteran journalists Marilyn Pitts and Laura Malt-Schneiderman, who've produced this book for us. Thanks for joining us again today, ladies. Um, let's go back and talk about the family a bit, because, you know, you mentioned that the first cousins married, which today is just creepy. Um, so you need to kind of break that down for us, though. I have read a lot of Jane Austen's, you know, I think I get it. Um, but also um, the, suicides. the suicides, like what's that about? So I don't know who's who's best to start. Do we start with you, Marilyn, on that? 
Oh, I think I'm going to let Laura hit Laura, that. hit it. Uh, well, it, you know, they came from Europe and they were Jews in Europe. And often there were there was a limited pool from which to select your, your spouse. And there were a lot of marriages between uncles and and nieces and and cousins, first cousins, second cousins. So this was not unusual. In fact, Lillian's mother and father were first cousins, and then she married her first cousin. Um, so, yes, you know that is really unusual. It was illegal in Pennsylvania. They had to go to New York on a special train to to get married. So um, it was it was you know a bit strange even at the time. Um, yes, a lot of suicides, which seems strange for a family that was really living, you would say, very luxuriously. Right, exactly. <laughs> in their lives. Mm-hmm. Let, let me back up from the suicides for a minute. So these marriages between first cousins, were they, I mean, I, I don't even know if, if it's possible to assess whether they were for love or affection or for the purposes of, consol- it was of, it of consolidating the, the family the fortune. Well, to be perfectly frank, we're hoping people will read the book to find Got out. It. Very good. Okay. Wait, there's more, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it is true. I mean, you, you think about, you know, these brothers and they come to the United States. And so they want to keep things because if their daughters marry and then they marry some ne'er-do-well, then, you know, the fortune starts to crumble. Things go away. So they were just being, for lack of a better phrase, good business people. Yes. Yes, they were actually the four brothers who founded Kaufman's, Jacob, Isaac, Morris, and Henry, actually had a contract that uh, when one of the brothers died, that the other brothers were uh, compelled to buy that person's shares in the business. I see. So then what happened? I mean, so the four brothers, multiple children, that window, it was winnowed very quickly to, you know, the merchant prince. What about the remaining members of the family? Were they just bought out and they just spent their rest of their time with their money and they were leisure? Were there bad feelings? How did that all work out? There were bad feelings. The oldest brother, Jacob, had five sons, any one of whom could have taken over the business. Yes. And but um, after after Jacob died and that uh, that contract went into effect where the brothers bought out the share of Jacob, they they gave money to his widow. His widow was not satisfied. She felt that they had shorted them. And so they eventually left with half the staff who included cousins that the brothers had brought over from Germany at, at their own expense and all of them left and started their own department store two blocks down on Smithfield. Smithfield, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. And it was called Kaufman and Bear. Oh. Uh, so they were out of the picture as far as who, who would inherit Kaufman's. In fact, they were competitors at that point. Right. Um, of the remaining brothers, there were only two boys left. One was the older, <laughs> Edgar, and one was the younger, Oliver. And as Mary Lynn said, Edgar was was groomed to be the merchant prince. He was mm-hmm. went to um, Yale. He went to Shadyside. Then he went to Yale. Then he had apprenticeships in different places in Europe. He worked at a store in um, Connellsville. He worked in every department in Kaufman's. Correct me if I get any of this mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, he worked in every department in Kaufman's, mm-hmm. and he was groomed 
to take over the business. And um, when he married um, Lillian, or Lillian, as she liked to be called, um, that consolidated the business in, in his hands. I see. So obviously the merchant prince... He did a good job, right? I mean, Kaufman's oh, yeah. flourished under him, and you know it propelled them into the 20th century up until the Macy's takeover. Uh, talk about that. I mean, t- talk about um, the wealth and falling water. I mean, that in, in some ways that's the heartbreak because you think about the Kaufman legacy. People who are maybe 30 and under, they don't know Kaufman's, but they may have visited Falling Water as sort of like you know tourists. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, you know, Edgar Kaufman was happiest when he was building. Um, Before he built Falling Water, uh, he and Lillian built a house um, out in O'Hara Township called La Tourelle. It's a beautiful Norman Chateau style house uh, with 18 rooms, uh, gorgeous, gorgeous property. The architect was Benno Jansen. And so um, when, you know, it's, it's really astonishing to think that, in the 1930s, you know, when most of America is struggling through the, through the Depression, Edgar and Lillian commissioned Frank Lloyd Wright to build this summer home for them an hour away from Pittsburgh. Um, but they desperately needed to get away from Pittsburgh because the air was so bad. It was so smoky. It was so hot. And so going an, an hour away was like this great refuge. And Edgar talks about how, you know, for Lillian to spend a weekend in in falling water was just, you know, brought her back to life again, mm. made her, you know, was so refreshing to be um, in that beautiful woodland setting. Um, so that house was a really important part of their lives. It also was a salon. I mean, Albert Einstein came there. Uh, Diego Rivera, the famous muralist, wow. came there. Frida Kahlo was there. Uh, Roger Tory Peterson, the famous um, uh, uh, naturalist. So, um, you know, it was not only a place for them to escape dirty Pittsburgh, but it was also a place for them to entertain. Hmm. The intellectual stew. We need to step away again. Uh, we're talking about Kaufman's. Yeah. The and, when we, and when we come back, I want to move our conversation to talk about things that we loved about Kaufman's annually, especially the windows. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing when I was a kid. It's a thing I miss now. So we'll talk about it next. Tuesday edition, right on. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Michael Youssef. In spite of Jonah's disobedience, in spite of his running away from the call of God upon his life and the mission that God has for him, in spite of all of that, none of that stopped God from using Jonah mightily afterward. And listen, that's what God wants to do with you. Be challenged this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course we have great eats inside too. 
too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Before I came to RPTS, I was a church planter and pastor for 22 years, and I found a lot of confusion about what really constitutes a church. Dr. Barry York, president of RPTS. We want, first and foremost, our ministers to know what a church is and what the church really needs, so how to develop the preaching ministry, why we practice the sacraments, how to properly care for God's people, and that you exercise proper oversight of them. The church needs servants like you. Are you ready? Visit rpts.edu. You've already heard a lot about the exceptional retirement lifestyles available at St. Barnabas. Here's what you might not know. St. Barnabas is a Christian organization that dates back to 1900. That's when Episcopal monks started the tradition of taking care of those who had no ability to do it themselves. Sure, the campus may have changed a bit over the years, but the mindset is still the same. Think about it. Luxury retirement with like-minded people. Now that's an easy decision. Call St. Barnabas, 724-443. All of us come from somewhere. All of us have origin stories. From executive producer Larry Elder. Divine Providence was clearly operating in the lives of black Americans. And director Justin Malone. When I was growing up, we were never taught that America was bad. We were raised to love America. Comes the continuation of their 2020 hit film, Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom Part 2, An American Odyssey. Available on Salem Now. Kaufman's, the family that built Pittsburgh's famed department store. It's a brand new book. We're talking to authors Marilyn Pitts and Laura Malt-Schneiderman. Only a couple minutes left, ladies. I want to make sure I ask about the holiday windows because when I was a kid, it was a huge deal. Everything. When my sister started having kids and my niece, nieces and nephews were born, it was a huge deal. It grieves me that it's no no longer a pop. I mean, the whole thing grieves me. Um what do you know about the windows, their evolution, and their importance to Pittsburgh? Well, the windows originally started out really just throwing a bunch of stuff in the window or withholding everything. Either you threw all your stock out there or you withheld everything because you didn't want your competitors to know what you were mm. making, what you were selling. But, you know, it got to be a competitive thing downtown. Who had the best windows? And one of the designers even said a great window, a great season is when your windows are covered with um, nose nose prints and (laughs) fingerprints from all the little kids pressed up against there. Um, They became very, very ornate. You know, a lot of moving parts, a lot of everything moved. Um, They wanted everything to be perfect. They would use refrigerator magnets that looked like jellos to to put on little tables. they uh, they also had a they also had a lot of ritual associated with the unveiling of the windows also there would be a, a girl outside would be dressed like a sort of a fairy princess huh. and at a, and they would give her the cue to tap her wand on the on the velvet you know on the on the window and then the velvet you know uh, curtains would open and people would gradually see the revelation of the windows wow. so some you know some so people would just you know sort of gasp in awe fabulous and yeah 
Yeah, I mean, and people who people who never came downtown to shop came downtown to see those windows mm-hmm. up here. Yeah, I mean, it was an event. It was an it event was. for us. And, and the weird thing, we got dressed up. We put on like yeah. you know, you know, Sunday clothes to go downtown to press our exactly. nose against the window. And then, of course, you know, after Kaufman's was sold to Macy's and Macy's took it over, and then Macy's failed downtown. I remember being downtown and seeing plywood on the windows and oh. thinking, "This is the end yeah. of civilization." Yeah. It was like a slap in the face. You couldn't believe that it had yeah. come to this. Right. I mean, the one the one good thing about that, John, is that, you know, the building is being used today. It has a hotel in it called an even hotel. It has apartments. It has a, a waffles cafe. Um, it's got a target. Um, you know, it may not be as glamorous as it once no. was, but it's better than seeing the building sit. Empty. Without a doubt. Have you been inside since the building has been reopened? We have. Yes. What's um, it like? Yeah. I wonder what it's like to live in those because you know the middle of the uh, it has to be, be super be so dark. dark. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, we, we weren't up. We weren't up there, but you know the lower part it just looks like a target. But they did preserve some of the Art Deco um, metalwork uh, that was uh, that was from the 1930 redesign. Some of that is in the entryways, okay. and the other half of the first floor is under massive reconstruction. I, they're, they're making, you know, they're putting Burlington in there. So it's okay. still under That's not very exciting. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's been great to talk to you ladies. We are out of time. We love the book. The you new did a book, great job. Uh, Kaufman's The Family Thank That you. Built Pittsburgh's Fame Department Store. If people want to find the book, where can they find it? It's available wherever books are sold, and you can order it on Amazon. Fabulous. Terrific. Thanks, ladies. Thanks so much. Great to meet you both. Really, really great stuff. Kaufman's. Boy, what an era. Miss it. Sad that it's gone. Yeah. It's Pittsburgh through and through. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back. It's the Ride Home, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. stock market have you nervous with massive fluctuations with the impact of inflation and the upcoming midterm elections it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next but with vantage point you won't have to guess text money to 813-813 to find out how you can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4 percent proven accuracy that's right 87.4 percent Text the word money to 813-813 and find the consistency and confidence you've been looking for in your trading. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. No more guessing when to get in or out of a trade. Text money to 813-813. We'll send you a link to our free live training. Protect your hard-earned capital with Vantage Point. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash terms and consent to receive calls and text using automated technology or pre-recorded voice about offers or info by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Your consent is not a condition of purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text money to 813-813. Uncle Ryan, the news. We need a watchdog. A panic room. Because mortgage rates have gotten higher? But the news, Uncle Ryan. It's like the British are coming. Or worse, a birthday catastrophe. <laughs> can't say that word, catastrophe. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and yes, we're going heavy on the jokes to make a point. Mortgage rates are up, and no, it's not optimal for anyone. But there is another reality. Life does go on. Maybe you're ready for your first home, your dream home, or maybe it's time to downsize. Life goes on. Rates have been higher in the past, and good people still need new homes. 
The point we want to make is... If you buy a new home this year... And you don't use our direct lender advantage... Which can often save you monthly and lifelong money... Along with us paying $1,000 of your closing costs... You'd be crazier than a watchdog in a panic room. See what we did there? We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melville, New York. NMLS number 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Do you need new blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. Don't overpay for new blinds. Shop today and save big. Blindster.com. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. I mean, a lot can be said about coffins. We've only very slightly scratched the surface, what it means to us, what it did to us. And, and I hopefully think, what, what it meant to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, and I think you hit the nail on the head, at least, you know, we're talking off air here. You said it was aspirational. It was. And I believe that that's true. Yeah. It made you want to be better in mm-hmm. some way because it was so beautiful and so big and beyond your everyday right. life. Right. It wanted, uh, I wanted to be like well-behaved and mannerly. I wanted to fit in mm-hmm. to whatever that was. I wanted to buy the clothes that I thought would make me the person that was better than who I was. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, you go to you the suit department. I mean, there were full-time tailors, and they had high – it wasn't like going to Target. It wasn't even like going to – nothing can compare to it today. In the 40s, my mom worked at the Babette shop, which what was the dress shop. Oh. Downtown. Okay. Didn't they yeah. have doormen with uh, white gloves? Yep. Yes, they did. Yes, well, they did. Imagine that now. I right. know. It's crazy, isn't a it? A doorman. Again, aspirational. Something lifted, something higher that just in the mere presence made you better, right? And all the people that they hired, the artisans, the designers, the buyers that went around the world. But again, not many people of color. Not many people right. of color. Right. So even though they were marginalized in their Jewishness, that didn't allow them to have a wider view of who was working at the store. It's interesting. I mean, to think about that, you, you, this is a, a, a big point, is that the Kaufmans made so much money. They were millionaires, but they were not invited into the Melons, the Fricks, all that big money, Millionaire's Row. They had to, which still Make exists today, they created their own table. Good and they them. brought Jewishness into the heart of the city of Pittsburgh, which still, still exists there. today. Still there. Yeah. And good for them for doing it. I don't know. I mean, but, meet but me under sad, the but sad that that doesn't enlarge your view for other marginalized people. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's I'm it's, sure it's humanity. It, did. it it's just humanity. was the times yeah. that nobody did that. Uh, it would have been cataclysmic. There's no doubt about that. I don't know. I mean, I, I just remember being downtown in the '60s and the '70s. Meet me under the Kaufman's clock. Mm-hmm. The hubbub will not see that ever again. I mean, the malls pretty much are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's hard to overestimate the imprint of what the Kaufman's family did for the city of Pittsburgh, how it made you feel about yourself. Yeah. And you might feel differently. It might have made you feel poor. If you're a person of color, walking into Kaufman's would have made you feel different about yourself than it made me feel about myself. I don't know. That's an interesting question, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Or if you were a person that felt like you could never buy one thing in there ever in all of your life, that would make you feel differently about yourself, too. But now there's Target. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for being with us. We always appreciate your presence here on the show. The podcast is up and running after we leave the air. Uh, We would encourage you to check out wordfm.com and uh, everyone connected with our fine station. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow. We've got a clean slate. And uh, have yourself a great night. God willing, we'll see you on a Wednesday. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.